Yes, VG Empire episode mm-hmm. eight, which is a supersonic celebration. Woo. Sonic mm. uh, the Hedgehog celebrating his chili dogs. It's not that Sonic. Oh. Although <laughs> the song bringing us in Sonic Boom from the intro of Sega CD of Sonic CD, um, which Sega still says is coming to XBLA PSN anytime. Um, as of this oh, recording, yeah. it's still not out, but uh, maybe they by the say time by the end of the year, and we're in December, so why? Uh, there's a good chance when this comes out, it will be uh, it will be out, um, or they'll have announced have that they're announced delaying until 2012. And Sonic CD is is my favorite Sonic game. It's the ever. biggest Sonic game with things to actually do in it. There reasons to revisit other than just discovery. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. By the way, I'm Brett Elston. I'm the normal host, of, regular host of the show, and with me are two guests. I'm Chris Antista from uh, Laser Time and Operator uh, Piece of Gamer and all that. Uh, and I'm Henry Gilbert from GamesRadar. Dot yeah. com. Dot corm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need to get that Sorry. straight. Dot corm. Uh, so yeah, bring us in with Sonic Boom, which mm. um, is yeah one of my absolute favorite. Uh, but this game came out. Sonic CD was like the must-have game for the Sega CD. Because yeah. Sonic was still on fire at that time. I'm going to say only have. No, there's Lunar. There's, other, there's, other, <laughs> Lunar right, Dark, right. there's other. There's good stuff. It, it's just like... Not that, much. But... Not a lot. But that system definitely has good games that I still have and I still love. Mm-hmm. It's not 32X. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's not go there. Uh, <laughs> but that's kind of the only uh, Sonic CD song I will have from this episode because mm. I want to focus more on the games that everyone does know, mm-hmm. which are Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles. Mm. Um, Sonic CD can be its a whole other episode, its own time. It has a separate Japanese soundtrack. There's a Japanese-European soundtrack, and then there's an mm. American soundtrack. Snobs and there, hate the American and soundtrack. And there's some... Li- That's li- because it was the second one. It has its... Mm. It's like legitimate BGM snobs who like look down on the American soundtrack, and it's like, well, look, you didn't grow up with it, so I understand why you wouldn't have the affinity for it and why you could judge it that way, but Aww. as people who grew up with Aww. it, it is a great soundtrack, and the European-Japanese one is good, too. They're both good. So if you're going to like really split hairs over which Sonic CD soundtrack is better... like. Can we all just agree we like Sonic CD? Mm. Like, we can pretty much agree that Sonic CD was a great game. But that's a whole other episode. Um, this one, because it is 2011 mm-hmm. and 1991 was Sonic the Hedgehog's release, um, really kicks, jump-started the Genesis, which had been out for uh, about two years at that point, launched with Altered Beast and uh, other games. <laughs> What uh, a bad move that was. Well, at the time, it was an arcade. Yeah, it did. It you know, made it, sense. It was, a, it was a popular arcade game, so it made sense to bring that home. Uh, but it went up against uh, well, eighty nine. That was eighty nine. So Nintendo was still getting uh, some a lot of Mario money. three was eighty nine. I thought that was ninety. Oh no, you're right. It's ninety. Eighty nine and boy, Sonic ninety one. So ninety one, Sonic the Hedgehog comes out, goes head to head with Super NES, and Sega like really starts beating Nintendo back, and like they end up with mm-hmm. this fifty fifty market share. And because they had the guts to make Sonic a pack in and not get yes. and not sell it. Yeah, they, you, that's I mean that's how I got it. I got a Genesis, and uh, Sonic came with it. Like they they I mean same thing Mario they did with Mario. Yeah, they yeah. put Mario World with a Super Nintendo. But I had read the story that like Sega of Japan was like, no, you're not. This is we put so much work in this game, we're selling this game. Like the system's been out for a while, and then the guys like, no one will buy. People have to get Sonic for free with this. Yeah. Like they, but it worked. They got totally gen- they got Genesis and Mega Drives, depending on where you lived, into homes, which made you go buy a ton of other games. Mm-hmm. Like so, Madden and blah, blah, blah. like sleeper hits like Toe Jam and Earl got to get a second chance at life because now there's this huge inundation with uh, a huge new number of people owning Genesis. And it all comes from Sonic, who was an anti-Mario. Instead mm-hmm. of being slow and explorative, uh, Sonic was about fast and attitude and not trying to you know be really soft around the edges and family-friendly fun. It was Sonic 
Simply by the simple act of leaving him alone and his mm-hmm. idle animation tapping his foot, he looks a little bit upset with you. He's getting impatient. That Even that one little move implied this is a character with personality. Mario has never displayed this kind of thing. Yep. So that, that spoke... That spoke... You know, I was trying to think of an analogy, but it meant a lot. I think... Well, I, we're, this is a music podcast, and the music really reflects that. The... Well, yeah. But it, because it's an anniversary, Chris, I'm gonna, I don't mind... Oh, no, no, no. I, I just love that the music... I don't know. Sega did forge a little bit of territory there by by making music that was a little bit more to appeal to its generation. Yeah, Mario definitely had more of a... Uh, I mean, there's a lot of good Mario music for mm-hmm. sure, which the previous episode was all Mario Kart, and I just mm-hmm. spent an hour talking about how great that was, a mm-hmm. Mario spinoff having good music. But um, Sonic always had a very specific sound. Like, you could tell it was Sonic music. It's a little fast. It's a little aggressive. And even when it's a little slow, you know they just wanted to wail on a guitar and yeah. scream cock rock. Yeah, even before they could get to the point of having guitars, like when Sonic CD, they could lead with mm-hmm. that song. Um it was always kind of gunning for that metal, like prog rock mm-hmm. kind of, you know, silly sound. And uh, it really works very well. Um, I, so Sonic, I want to kick it off with Sonic 1, which ooh. is from composer uh, Masato Nakamura. And uh, Sonic 1, again, like, you were really only comparing it at the time to the NES. You didn't, mm-hmm. the Super mm-hmm. NES wasn't out yet. There was a brief window where it was Sonic was out and the Super NES wasn't yet. Yep. Um, like like a five month window. It was something. pretty smart. Again, another smart move. They launched so. it right before the Nintendo comes out. So they launched Super Mario World, which looks pretty, is fun, but next mm-hmm. to Sonic One, it looks really yeah. slow. Yeah, and, and boring. Kitty and yeah. Kitty. Yeah. yeah, and that started the whole Welcome to the Next Level. And Sega of America really ran with that, mm-hmm. and it worked. Um, and it all started with Sonic the Hedgehog, and you know, creating a character that is one of the most recognized characters in games. Period. And uh, you know, this his, modern history can have all kinds of. Uh, you know, ups and downs, or you can argue whatever, but like it doesn't change the fact that those original games were exemplary and they meant a lot to a bunch of people, so myself included. Mm-hmm. And the music was a huge part of that. Um, and I actually remember um, like renting the game, renting a Genesis so I could rent the game, yeah. and then holding up a boombox to <laughs> the TV and recording off air. Imagining little Brett John Cusacking the sort speakers of, of the television. Not, not too far. Those things are heavy when you're that young. Yep. Uh, which I guess that's dead too. The idea of a big blaster, like yep, sound yeah. blaster, being that takes twelve D batteries to run or whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, recording like a lot of songs. Some of them I'll play here. So we'll go into Sonic One um, and the selection of Song One, Sonic One song. They selected Spring Yard Zone, which Ooh. is the one that I, mm. the, the song that when you got to it, you're like, okay, I feel cool. <laughs> like it, it feels like a cool, edgy song, and it just there was no, mm-hmm. there was no, uh, and, um. There was no analog on the NES to get mm-hmm. that kind of sound. Even when the Super Nintendo launched, you get things like Actraiser, which is a great soundtrack, but it's still very orchestral or mm-hmm. serious, or it didn't have that edge to it. And the Genesis really took that. And same thing with Streets of Rage, Toe Jam and Earl. Mm-hmm. Very funky, strong. Ah, it's just really good stuff. So MTV. Sprint, yes, yeah, <laughs> MTV. Uh, Spring Yard Zone, Labyrinth Zone, and my favorite Sonic 1 song, one of my favorite songs ever, is Scrap Brain Zone. Yeah. And uh, then we'll be right back.
Yes, Scrap Rain Zone, one of my absolute favorite uh, Sonic songs. I actually remember one time driving home from college, and I had, uh, of course, I drive home from college a lot in this know. podcast. This is when I, well, college is there's when no I. There's no planes in Illinois. Well, there's when yeah. you listen. In, in, in California, you're not driving around as much. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the Midwest, so I have nothing but time to drive. So Also, you were alone, then you were driving around with your girlfriend who wouldn't want to listen to music, right? I don't, what? Uh, <laughs> and she didn't want to listen to game music, that's for sure. Um, I okay. tried that a couple of times, it did not fly. Um, All right. But no, I just remember driving home and had the windows down blasting Scrap Brain Zone and just thinking, like, I know this is, like, girl repellent, <laughs> but I'm really rocking out to this music, and I don't care. So, that's uh, great music. Again, uh, Masato Nakamura, and then, uh, by the way, the intro, that Sonic Boom song? Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I'll get into that with the end of the show. Because okay. I'll come back to that. Um, so now we're going to Sonic 2, which, again, Sonic 1. My favorite. You know, Sonic 2 is really good. There's something about Genesis music in general that makes it like I feel like I taste copper in my mouth when I hear it. <laughs> it's just like so metallic and there's just some like short something short circuiting. Well, like we did somebody a whole, hitting a wrench on a wire. Or we something. did a whole episode, Henry. Episode six was Mega like, Drive. Medley. When I think of oh, uh, the Tron it. Legacy soundtrack or the Battlefield Three intro, like that's how the Genesis music sounded on action. <laughs> <laughs> Well, come on. If you're, not, if you're not careful, yes, it will sound like that. But oh, no, but Sonic got the best. Yes, yeah, Sonic and uh, Streets of Rage. Toji Streets Merrill. of Rage, Jesus Christ. There's so much excellent stuff on Genesis. But yes, in the wrong hands, it gets out of control really quick. Yep. But these hands, perfect. Um, then you move on to Sonic 2, which the weird thing is Sonic 1 was this huge hit. But then Sonic 2 ended up being developed in the West mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah, I know, uh, I know sort of the history yeah. of that was that like... Um, you know, Yuji Naka gets credited as Sonic's creator, which when really he he co-created the design, like somebody else designed Sonic, and the levels that you uh, let, like set up what Sonic levels are were designed by were designed by a different guy too. Though his name, both their names, I can't remember because Yuji Naka has been advertised at us big time. Yes. But anyway, so Yuji Naka, after making Sonic in Japan, was like, I can't work in this Japanese system can't develop here in japan and as, as we said before like the u.s was growing like sonic sega u.s like sonic was probably more way more popular in the u.s than in japan anyway mm-hmm. so he moves to america and sets up sonic team usa yeah mm-hmm. while sonic team japan makes sonic cd they make sonic 2 which is why sonic was, cd feels more like sonic 1 yeah mm-hmm. and it's divergent paths yeah like but, yeah, and then Sonic 2, but they got the yeah, same... Yeah, well, where did Sonic first appear, Mr. Historical Buff? It's as a... Driving uh, game. Yeah, as one of Anybody? The, as, like, window dice. It was Radmobile. Radmobile. It was a game called Radmobile. But how that so- makes me the smartest. How, how, how much sooner than Sonic 1 was that? Was that a year before? Well, or? if you think about how long it took him to get him in the game, it was a couple months, Right. but it, it defined a very clear... Path, path that Sega was following. Like, yeah. the, like so- they knew what Sonic was. They knew yeah. what they wanted to do with it. And yeah. they knew exactly. They succeeded. When they made Sonic, they knew what he was and, doing. And yeah, he, was the- a, he was a he was a air freshener from yeah, hanging from your uh, rear view mirror. Yeah, mm-hmm. like fuzzy dust. Radmobile. Yeah. So like Sonic is one of the... Sonic 1, 2, and 3 really are those games that... I know they get re-released ad nauseum, mm-hmm. but I will buy them every single time. Just bought them all on Steam again. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. I don't have them on Steam. I, I, I just bought every Genesis game on there for $12. Yeah. It's like 50 and I'll have them forever, no matter where I am, whatever computer, and they it's can all good, play them. It's a good plan. Boom. I agree. Yeah, I have it like... Every, I just have the Mega or the Genesis. Yeah, collection. I don't need a disc and I don't need a system that's going to red ring. What? What? Uh, what? All right. No, okay. PS3? Let's not hey. start with this. Yeah, no, like, uh, yeah, something about Sonic 1, 2, and 3 
Uh, especially two, which the music again, Masa- mm. uh, Masato Nakamura, just another exemplary soundtrack that uh, I don't have any like specific notes about it. Like it doesn't, it feels like Sonic music part two. Mm-hmm. It uh, three and Knuckles, there's a whole other thing going on with both of those games, but twos, it just sounds like more of what you already loved, and I feel like I like them for the exact same reasons. Um, so I'll just go into those soundtracks. I think the game itself is also the introduction of Tales. Ooh, yeah, I love Tales. That's why it was my favorite because my uh, my little brother and I played played a lot of the co-op of it, though a very weird co-op that's yeah. sort of co-op. Well, that's that's it kind of. I, I prefer tails because I like foxes, but um, they are cool. They, foxes are really cool. They're but so, well, that's it was at that age. You, yeah. you like foxes. I love tails. But so, like, basically, it was like, oh, I'm running directly behind you, and like, he then eventually just turned it into a game of like, I'm going to try to make you miss this jump, and you die, and you have to wait to no, respawn. I can, I can and, see that. And but that my favorite parts were the levels where you had to work together and like. I'm Tails carrying you now, and you ha- I have to bring you close to this thing, oh, yeah. and then you jump on it. That was a lot of fun. That was my favorite bit of Sonic, actually, like to play. Yes, and then one of the reasons that like made Sonic uh, to just I don't know, it felt like a, it just felt familiar yet a little bit, just a little, just enough new that it was uh, cool. And the commercial was like an infomercial, like it slices. That, still, it di- it, that that commercial is ahead of its time. It slices, it dices, it makes. It looks like a Tim and Eric sketch. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's insane. I just watched it again. Like and it's still funny. It's still um, funny. And, and back and back in a time when a game when games could even a game as big as Mario Three could be separated by a year from its Japanese yeah. launch and its yeah. American one. It had a worldwide launch day, Sonic yeah. Tuesday. Sonic Tuesday. It's incredible that it even happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll do uh, three tracks from Sonic Two, which uh, we're, I'm going to do Emerald Hill Zone, which is the Ooh. green the Green Hill Zone of this game. But mm-hmm. Emerald Hill is one of my favorite songs from the game. Mm-hmm. Aquatic Ruin Zone, mm. and then uh, and then we'll be back.
aquatic ruin zone. Uh, it just has that like mysterious. Love the water levels. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's always a change of pace. Yeah, Labyrinth Zone and Aquatic Ruins Zone, they both have a similar vibe to them, but there's just something about them that is kind of mysterious mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. especially the Aquatic Ruins. It has I love the uh the, the, in the middle of the song it like interrupts itself with a beat and just boo-doo-doo, and then the song continues. <laughs> I think it's really cool. They always run, like this the music implies like hey, calm down a second. Slow down. Yeah, have you're you gonna seen have all this to. crazy stuff going on around you? You're going to have to in the water. Like P.S. If you slow down, you'll drown. Yeah, you'll drown. Well, oh, that was my, that's one of my audio memories of Sonic is just the sound of oh. getting a bubble. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, no, like, eating a bubble. Yep, eating a bubble uh, to breathe why more. Why doesn't that really work? It's, uh, it should. It, yeah. It's a bubble of air. You should exactly. just stick your head in it like, oh, yeah, I if I could suck air. it in without popping it, like, mm-hmm. uh, man... <laughs> Science sucks. I thought I might have had a drowning sound effect on me. But I don't. Um, So we're just going to go into two more Sonic 2 songs. Um, Oil Ocean, which uh, is to me like a great example of the soundtrack kind of maturing. Mm -hmm. It's very, uh, I don't know, it just has this sound to it. It doesn't quite sound like it's from Sonic 1 or 2. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a completely different game to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But then certain instruments they use in it, like reinforce the sonic vibe of it. And it's hard for me to explain because I lack music terminology. Uh, but the hi hats, the hi hats, and the square triangle, square, yeah. square, rec- rectangle waves, oil Surf. ocean. And then I want to do sky chase, which is like mm. it's when you're flying on the plane oh, yeah. with tails and tails is flying. Ah, oh, the best. I love and it. And it's just so peaceful. It's like a brief respite from all the screaming and flying around and going completely nuts in Metropolis. Yeah, zone. All the afterburners and yes. And just Spin like dashies. spinning and down the drain of insanity, like, and then there's this nice peaceful moment, and this music playing is so nice, and I want to do those two, and we'll be back.
feels it feels like I just won the prettiest man in the Genesis Universe <laughs> contest, and I'm I'm waving at my my fans and accepting my tiara. It does. No, you're right. That's why I got such a good laugh. It really is this like <laughs> this this small victory, yes. small victory. Yes, moment. a small victory in my home, my my Idaho town. <laughs> So now we're going to Sonic Three, which is a huge, <clears throat> weird mess of, uh, of, of uh, there's so much history to that music. That, yes. So uh, Sonic Three, which, oh man. which is a good game in itself, um, yep. introduces Knuckles uh, mm-hmm. most notably. Knuckles the Ekaninja, Ech Ninja Turtle. Yeah. That's how my little brother tried to pronounce it. Ekaninja. So Sonic Three, not Masato Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Uh, the list of people associated with this game is, is out of control because you have like I'm going to butcher this Sirocco Jones Bobby Brooks Jeff Grace Doug Grisby the <laughs> third Daryl Daryl Ross some of those guys aren't Japanese uh, yeah Tokohiko Uwabo and then are you sure Ross Jr. son Ross Jr. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and then Howard Drossen who you'll hear from again mm-hmm. Brad Buxer who leads directly into Michael Jackson yeah. So the whole weird thing about Sonic 3's music, which for years was speculated to have... I, th- I thought I got to the bottom of it. I'm trying to find... Well, no, there's an actual, like, someone... Brad uh, Buxer in mm-hmm. 2009 did an interview. So Brad Buxer was a longtime friend and, mm-hmm. and you know worked with Michael Jackson on a lot of, on a lot of stuff. Here's basically the, the, the quick ver- version of this mm-hmm. story. Um, so for years, Sonic 3's music sounds absolutely nothing like Sonic 1 and 2. Yeah. It's really bizarre. But it's all really good. That's the strange mm-hmm. thing is it's really good, but it sounds nothing like one or two. And Michael Jackson's huge at this point. Like, mm-hmm. um, loves video games too, and he likes games. So he and he had <laughs> he does. and he had Michael Jackson's Moonwalker on the Genesis. So then, like mm-hmm. a bunch of it just started being speculated, like that Michael Jackson not back in the nine early nineties, but then later, like around the time that a Sonic compilation showed up on the PC, mm-hmm. and it had songs changed. Carnival Night, Ice Cap, and Launch Base all had completely different music. And those were all songs that people then alleged, not then, but had alleged that sounded a lot like Michael Jackson's songs. If mm-hmm. you like slowed them down, like the beat and the tempo, the general structure of the song was very the similar. signatures are the same. They still are. Yeah. So then they're like, why would they change those if there wasn't some mm-hmm. weirdo rights issue? They wanted to avoid a potential argument about who owns that music. Mm-hmm. And it's just strange that they were changed. Now, subsequent releases, like on the Genesis collections and mm-hmm. stuff, Music is fine. Yeah. Um, now, well, I, I don't believe rights in the game. Music rights in the game world don't work the same. Like you sort of fork over your rights to all the stuff. You no know, residuals, anything like that. And that's why you don't see a lot of game music sold. It's it's really bizarre. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the, the uh, Michael Jackson's whole team worked on this soundtrack. Well, what happened? They said uh, people alleged, and so- Sega never really confirmed or denied it one hundred percent either way. Well, he, you know, there's you can find pictures of Jackson Sonic together. Yeah, so there exactly. was an affiliation there. Yeah, and well, Moonwalker but especially, it, and they distanced themselves from just, him. Yeah, they they befriended him at just the wrong time. Yeah. But so one story goes that he was unofficially brought in to look at the music for Sonic Three and to think about what he might want to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not outrageous to think because of Moonwalker before that he allowed his music to be converted into Genesis music. So. That's not an outrageous thing. But he's not credited in the game, and Sega never said, yeah, that's what happened. So for years, it was just a mystery. Like, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. There's a lot of YouTube videos saying, this sir sounds a lot like mm-hmm. a Genesis song. But then after his death, Brad Buxer, uh, was one of his friend's co-workers, revealed in an interview that uh, he said yes. MJ was indeed working on ideas mm-hmm. for the music, um, and that the credits, the credits song, which will be in this podcast, um, which one of my favorite, oh, it's so good. That will... Well, 
Sonic Somebody on YouTube combined that. Uh, yes, he the, said it sounds laid the ground. It did lay the groundwork for Michael Mich- Jackson's song "Stranger in Moscow." Stranger in Moscow. It's it's awesome if you can find those two combined. And he says that he alleged that Michael Jackson didn't like the sound output of the Genesis and did, wasn't happy with the work that came out of it. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's a weird scenario. A lot of allegations, a lot, just allegations all around this whole thing. But Buxer mm-hmm. said that's what happened. And yep. He's the person who would know. There are people on Michael Jackson's team who are credited in the game, though. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So more fuel for the fire, the whole PC version music well, being changed. Because also, technically, like, Michael Jackson didn't really write much of it. Like, he, he would work on them, but he had a team. He had that team to write music. Like yeah. the, mm-hmm. Which is part of that whole list of names I rattled off in the he beginning. He still does a lot of stuff. He wrote Do the Bartman, and that's why it's, yes. a, it's hard to know, because he wrote Do the Bartman, the Simpsons song, and remained uncredited for years. Because he didn't for years. need it. He didn't like, need it, he, but, like, I... He didn't appear as himself in the episode. Mm. Like, there's, there's well, issues there. Well, that was there. even a separate thing. Well, but it was also like, my, yeah, Michael Jackson really wanted to... Mm-hmm. He, had, he had a thing for Bart Simpson, this yeah. 10-year-old boy. And, uh, so, well, Sonic anyway. 3 music. To be fair, everybody did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Sonic 3 music. One of my strongest memories of any Sonic is the, is the first mid-boss where it comes in... Burns down the forest and goes, come out. I probably have that uh, if you want to. All right. For, if, for more on this, I do recommend people going to, what was our old show called? Talk Radar. Oh, you're still doing that, right, Hank? Yes. Right, Talk Radar 57, is, it's all about Sonic. And then the next episode after that, 58, <laughs> was right when Michael Jackson died. So we, I remember those two, that. When those two episodes, uh, we explore all this music. We play comparisons. Boy, yeah. So here you go, Henry. Explore the conspiracies. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, it's Rayman-esque. I like it. But yeah, you get the... Yeah, like the, just a... Whoa! Is that not Michael yeah. Jackson? No, that... Come on! All right, Both so, those are perfect Michael Jackson-isms. So Sonic 3, we'll go into uh, another interesting thing it did was instead of the same music for every act, mm-hmm. Sonic actually remixed its own music within Ooh. the game. Act 1 of, let's say, Hydro City Zone, which is what I'm going to play next. Hydro City Zone Act 1 is one version of the song. Mm-hmm. Hydro City Zone Act 2 remixes Act 1. And it's the first instance I can ever think of a game remixing itself in, within the, like, same within game. the game, mm-hmm. they didn't repeat the same music, so the soundtrack like doubles, hmm. and so it's it sounds completely different. It's a much bigger soundtrack, it's, mm-hmm. uh, and Sonic CD had a huge one too. So that's that's a whole other story. But uh, yeah, so this is Hydro City one and two, just so you can see the difference. And mm-hmm. then my you know a very popular, often remixed song is Ice Cap Zone one and two, which are also songs alleged to be Michael Jackson songs. Um, so we'll be right back. <laughs>
right, see, Ice Cap Zone 2. That gives you a good example of, like, it starts one way with this main mm-hmm. theme, and then the next part changes it just a little bit. It just tweaks the formula. It gives you a slight remix, and that was inside of the game. And that was, like, as a game music nerd, even at that age, as, like, mm-hmm. 13-year-old, I was like, this is so cool. So I just, I don't know, to see it, you're both just staring at me like, why do you care? No, I agree. It was, it is cool. I'm surprised it hasn't happened more often. More often, eh? Um, So, but before we move on to Knuckles, I did want to, I have to play a couple of other things from Sonic 3, Mm -hmm. which are uh, the special stage, which again, the Sonic special Uh stage has changed every game. So like, the first one is the rotating thing. And then the third, the Sonic 2 was that half pipe that looked really cool back in the day. Oh, I hate 3. And 3 is the sphere that you walk on that wrote that like uh, rotates. And I love that special boring. stage. I think it's really cool. Uh, um, yeah, it, it tortured me. Like, I just uh, I couldn't take it. It was too, it was too tense. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really cool. And I love the music because it's very, uh, it's very happy. But then leading into that is the final boss music, which is the last Robotnik fight. And Ooh. The last Robotnik fight in Sonic 3 is a fantastic boss fight. Don't worry, they'll meet again. The, yeah, it's not the last one, don't worry. Um, but it's, it's just a great, great boss battle. It requires a lot of skill, but it's not impossible, and it's not cheap. It's just a solid, solid boss battle. Hmm. I remember when you beat that game, and it goes like, um, uh, if you don't beat it with the, all the Chaos Emeralds, then like Knuckles and Eggman laugh at you at the end of the credits. Well, they all end so, with yeah. They all end with Robotnik juggling Chaos Emeralds or something. If you yeah, basically saying like you didn't get all the Chaos Emeralds, loser. That was such a disappointment when I got all the Chaos Emeralds and it's just Robotnik juggling them. I'm sure <laughs> well, he still does it even if you get all. No, the if you get all of them, you get a slightly different ending, but it's like not much different. Oh. Um, but then, yeah, those two songs, um, the final boss theme, man, it just sounds like Doom to me. <laughs> and this is the same time period as Doom, yeah. so it feels very... And it's, you know, a lot of American influence in the soundtrack, so oh, yeah. I feel there's, I feel that there was some influence from Doom in here, maybe, somewhere. So we'll do those two, special stage, final boss, and I've also thrown in that credit song that mm. is uh, suggested, you know, lay the groundwork for another Michael Jackson song. But I wanted to end the show with that, but there's a, there's a book-ending thing I want to do with the end of the podcast, so... I'm doing Michael Jackson's Stranger Moscow. I'm oh, sorry. It's a good song. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I didn't, I'd honestly never heard of that song until this oh, no, Sonic no, no, 3 never. stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. But then never. now that I heard it, it was really good. So, yeah, the credits song, uh, this is great, great ending music. And, like, the, uh, so happy, so, so, like, perfect credits music. Uh, so, we'll do that. Special stage, um, final boss, and then the credits. Got it.
Beautiful. And yeah, straight check if you want to check the YouTube videos for Stranger in Moscow, they're totally out there. And there's even ones with lyrics overdubbed over oh, it. Great. Um, but that before, nice kept zone. That nice kept zone. But before we left, I did want to I did want to mention that Chris, one time you uh What? <laughs> oh yeah, I, mean, I remixed I found his acapella studio cuts and right. put it over the Genesis music. Oh right. Yeah, this is Moonwalker version. It's one of the greatest things I've ever done. And it, I didn't have to do anything because they were already synced up already. Like, just no one had ever done it. Billy Jean. Yeah, I remember. I, that's what I thought I had, but apparently I only have these. So, yeah. Oh, well, there's the Moonwalker. But, yeah. So, Michael Jackson definitely had a history with, mm-hmm. with Sega. But now we get on to Sonic and Knuckles, which this is kind of where everybody started falling off the mm-hmm. Sonic. I definitely kind of took a break. I did rent it, but I didn't own it till way later. I waited till for a neighbor to buy it. That's yeah, a good mm-hmm. I think we owned it, but it... It's a weird turn. It's a weird turn. It's a weird turn, but it also had this the lock-on technology, which is such a weird thing that makes the cartridge look weird forever. <laughs> yeah. But also the the fact that you could plug in another game on top of it and play Sonic Three as Knuckles, or even go back and play Sonic Two as Knuckles, was just so mind blowing. Of and even today, the idea that people would build a game that you could, like, if you got a new Fallout and then it mm. lets you go back to Fallout Three and play Fallout 3 as that character, and it was free, and it was just this thing that it did out of the box. It's like, you know, something equivalent to that. It's like, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, um, it's just the neat, the locking on technology was a cool idea. Like, in the yeah. little flip cover to it's, Sonic and Knuckles. Like it's really a, interesting. I like well, that. So Sonic and Knuckles, you may have noticed Howard, Dros- Howard Drossen. Drossen? I'm going to go with Drossen. He had a hand in a bit of Sonic 3, um, but he also did Sonic Spinball, which was the first, <laughs> you know, the, the first. I'm a fan, I'm a fan. It's not a bad game. It's, it's got, you know, its problems. But the music is good, other than that option uh, screen, which screen. will, I'll do a Sonic Spinball episode another time. Sure. There is good stuff in there. No, you, All right. no, you won't. Well, not, not an episode uh, devoted to it, but it'll be in an episode. Spinball has good stuff, and Howard Drossen was uh, the guy behind that. So now that you know, the whole attitude of Sonic was really coming in a Western thing. This is the first time that a Westerner really just got to do the entire soundtrack. So Howard Drossen does this music. Uh, he did Spinball. He also did Comic Zone. And then more recently, I believe he did this 2010 Splatterhouse. And then he worked with the RZA on Blade Trinity. Ah, yes. The natural <laughs> progression. Wow. And, and, and the Tony Jaa movie Protector. What oh, weird... the one about the, the elephant gets thrown yes. through a plate glass window by a wrestler? I believe that's it's the a beautiful one. moment. Um, what a weird, what a weird biography. Well, yes. <laughs> what a strange um, life. But yeah, Sonic and Knuckles. This music, even as aggressive as uh, Sonic Three became compared to Two and One, mm-hmm. Knuckles to me is even more so. Like it really takes on like Howard Drossen has like his angle. Like you, f- it feels a little bit tougher. 
And yeah. it still has some light music, like the Lava Reef song, which I'll play, but it definitely overall just feels a little more guitar-y, a little edgier. Well, so, yeah, Sonic started out edgy, and you just keep having to amp it up as you go along. You know, you just have to keep making him edgier and edgier. Yeah. Like, um, so, yeah, this is where people, again, started to drop out, but the, the soundtrack to Knuckles is very good, which I didn't fully appreciate till later because I skipped out. I played, like, the first half of the game, and I had to take it back to rent, and I'm like, I don't know. I played Sonic 3 500 times, so I feel good. Yeah, I can, I can pass on this one. And it also came out late enough in the Genesis's life. You were, it was easy to start getting excited about other stuff. Yeah, just when it was the fourth Sonic game, I'm like, eh, And it was it. becoming an annual thing at this point. Yeah, and it just didn't feel new enough. Like, they yeah. didn't... Just because you could climb walls if you played as Knuckles didn't, like... <laughs> yeah. Boring. But... But nonetheless, the music every bit is good, and uh, so hate I'm Knuckles. I'm gonna play. I think Knuckles is fine. I don't know. I'm thinking of uh, Adventure. Oh, Adventure area. Well, that's Ugh. everyone. So, everyone was brought low by Adventure. So I'll do uh, Lava Reef Zone, which uh, is kind of a slower one. But mm-hmm. then Flying Battery Zone Act Two and Sandopolis Act Zone. Uh, I did like Sandopolis. Sandopolis Act Two is uh, really good. I love that. So we'll be right back.
Yeah, that is, uh, that, again, driving around listening to CDs that I made for myself through college. Like, uh, it's, it's okay. It's it, okay. It, it, that's all I listened to Your in college. Friend. This is where I, like, that's college is where I solidified my, wow, I really like game music a lot, huh? Because as a kid, <laughs> I liked it and didn't realize what that meant. And then as, like, a 21-year-old, I realized what kind of weirdo that makes me. A special class inside yeah, of right. a lifetime gamer who also then chronicles game music and mm-hmm. catalogs it and makes his own MP3s and cassette tapes at home of it before the internet existed. So uh, I, I hung out with a lot of um, musician friends and we always talked about it. But mm-hmm. I think what it really came down to back then is that it wasn't that wasn't cool. Throwing game stuff in there, I think, was thought not to be cool because right. I could still hum this back and forth to people who were being cool, right? And they'd get it immediately yeah, and like yeah. that's awesome. We should. T- I don't want to put my neck out there with video game <laughs> music right now. Yeah, there was definitely an uncool period for sure. And now it's not, it's gone completely. Yep. You, a uh, top 40 artist could sample Sonic tomorrow and it would be a number one hit probably. I swear to God, uh, Beyonce has Frogger and uh, put a ring on it. So <laughs> I swear to God it's in there. Um, but so yeah, that was, last one was Sandopolis Zone again, Howard Drossen. And that's kind of the end of the modern, well, the mm. where our memories come from from Sonic. Mm. is Sonic 1, 2, 3 and Knuckles for the, 25th, for the 20th anniversary, 91 to 2011. But before we left, I did want to mention Sonic Generations does a fantastic job of hmm? as an homage to the really? classic games, oh, but yeah. also has a lot of uh, soundtracks nods. Mm-hmm. So you might have noticed, like, Sonic 2, I didn't play Chemical Plant Zone, which mm-hmm. is, like, one of the go-to Sonic 2 songs. That's because Sonic Generations has a great... Uh, it's basically the Genesis version. They just mm-hmm. added a little bit of spin to it. That was kind yeah. of a pun, but not necessarily. <laughs> oh. It was accidental. Oh, yeah. And then also the Green Hill Zone version mm-hmm. for Sonic Generations. Oh, so good. And they're really good. So, yeah. yeah, I bought Sonic Generations like almost immediately on Amazon. It was like $38 or yeah, something. Yeah, they cut the price. And I encourage everyone, but pick it up. It's great. As a Sonic music fan, no matter what era of Sonic fan you are, there's something for you in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, It's just not enough for, like, they spread it out so much. It's spread that, out like, a lot. You, when you play it, you're like... I wish there were more than three Genesis stages, but then there's only three Dreamcast-type stages. Yeah, it's and, something for everybody. It's a very egalitarian. A new Heroes fan. Yeah, uh, for all the fans of Sonic Heroes. Um, but yeah, yeah, Sonic Generations, uh, that's um, Jun Sonoe. It's a very hard English word for an Englishman. Uh, S-U-N-O-U-E in Japanese. Sonoe? Sonoe. Uh, that sounds right. Jun Sonoe. Uh, longtime right. Sonic composer. Worked a bit on Sonic 3, then Adventure Heroes. Had a band called Crush 40 who performs all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. like some of the tracks for Adventure 2 and Heroes. Wow. Some of those vocal songs, like, that's that. Uh, he also worked on Dark Wizard, which is a Sega yeah. CD game that I, I love. You can't wow. the music, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, so, remixes of classic stuff. We'll be right back.
and now run out of time. But again, I thought that was super cool that Generations did that. So I encourage everyone to check out Sonic Generations just for that. But ending the show, we came in with Sonic Boom from Sonic CD, which, Aww. you know, I didn't want to do a whole Sonic CD episode because inside of this, that would have added even way, yeah. too, way too much to discuss. But my favorite thing from Sonic CD was the credits music, which again is like, is like the ending or like the intro with lyrics, which mm-hmm. normally I hate in my game music. Mm-hmm. But because this was still so new, I grew up with a lot of attachment to it because mm-hmm. it was the first time I saw it happen. It had an animated intro and oh, exit. Oh, man, the yeah. anime. Uh, the... And watching, go watch like the Sonic collections that have the full restored versions of that because the oh. Sega CD one's really short and choppy and mm-hmm. pixelated, like the GameCube version. It added so much stuff I didn't realize existed, and it was incredible. Well, I watched a ton of it on Sonic Jam on the, exactly. on the Saturn, too. Yeah, that's that where too. I saw it first. Um, and we both, brother. Wow, Sonic Jam. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, called, it's the Sonic Boom ending mix, but the weird thing with this and the intro, uh, Spencer Nielsen was the guy who did the Sonic Boom album that's called Sonic the Hedgehog Boom. Mm-hmm. And near as I can tell, the vocals in this song are done by a like jazz trio... Like the Sonic Boom, it's oh, a, right. it, it's a gross. Bit of a and Sonic it's, Boom, for and you it's right called now. pastiche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's called pa- that's weird. Like uh, I can't find, I can't find like nothing about them. Like Sandy Cressman, Jenny Meltzer, Becky West. Sure. I think that's them. So I hope so because I would love to give them a proper credit. But uh, ending us is the slow version of the Sonic Boom, mm. and it it's the perfect ending to a Sonic the Hedgehog game, and a great way to end a podcast about twenty years of Sonic the Hedgehog. And uh, check out Sonic Generations, and uh, I'll see you next week. Super